welcome to Quirky, Creepy, and Freaky, a podcast where I tell you about wonky animal facts. I'm your host, Olivia, and each episode I will share with you a different weird fact from the animal kingdom. This week I am in a blanket fort, but the children are being loud again. So, there, while I'm hoping we don't have any shrieking again, there may be more children sounds in the background this time, so we'll see how much they come through. But anyways, we are in week three of our summertime people-biting parasite series, and this week we have another irritating flying insect that, you are, that most of you are likely familiar with, because these guys like to swarm and fly in your faces, particularly in your eyes and your nose and generally just getting all up in your face. So if you have guessed it or not, we are talking about black flies. And to go with the small size of the fly, since there's not a whole lot of information on black flies, unless I really wanted to talk about tropical diseases, which I didn't want to, uh, this episode will likely end up being a shorter one for you. So let's get into it. Now, especially if you live in or have spent much time in the northeast of the United States, you are likely quite familiar with black flies, but they do... They are quite abundant in other areas as well, like around Canada, North America, really any uh, nice, moist sort of area. Much like mosquitoes, their larvae hatch in the water and live their little larval lives within the water. And then after they pupate, they leave the water as an adult in a little air bubble, so they really just rise into the surface. Thus, they really like wet areas like marshes or bogs, flowing water, all of that sort of good stuff. They do tend to prefer clearer water and more moving water, um, which is different from mosquitoes, but still really any area where there are there is an abundant source of water, you will be finding black flies. Globally, there are over 2,200 species of black fly. Nearly all of them will go after birds and mammals. However, not all species drink blood and of the species that do, much like mosquitoes, it's only the females that bite, the males go after flower nectar. That doesn't mean the ones that don't bite aren't still annoying though, because black flies, just as they like to do, they really like to swarm, and they like to swarm your face. So even if they aren't a species that bites people, or if they are a species that bites, they're not a female, they are still pretty widely known as a nuisance pest. And in the cooler areas of the world, that's mostly the only way that black flies are a problem, just being widely known as annoying. Some species, as I said, don't bite at all, but those ones do just still like to swarm your face. To find their host, both biting and I assume non-biting, are going to use the same cues as mosquitoes and ticks, so really our other mammal biting parasites. So they can detect the carbon dioxide in your breath, your body temperature, but a fun thing for black flies is that they are more attracted to dark colors. So this could potentially be because many of the wild mammals that they would encounter are going to be darker brown, like your deer, your moose, mice, whatever. So now it's just what they look for. So black flies, when they're swarming your face, they can smell that carbon dioxide on their breath and they're like, whoo-hoo! It's swarming time! 
Now, uh, since blackflies prefer wetter areas, some areas of New England in the United States, like Maine, have become particularly known for their blackflies. Some towns in Maine even have festivals to commemorate the blackflies, and when I lived up the coast in Machias, I'm not 100% sure if it still happens. I know there was some drama there for a little bit. Um, but for a long time, there was an event called the Black Fly Ball that happened every August, towards the end of the Blueberry Festival, actually, as a kind of sarcastic way to commemorate the Black Fly and make a bug that's kind of annoying into something a little bit more fun, even if just for an evening. Fun times overall just to be had by all. I've heard it was a good time. I had never been. So while I am going to focus on Maine's Black Flies for the rest of the episode, Maine isn't the only place with an abundance of black flies. There is apparently a song very fittingly called the Black Fly Song, originally by Wade Hemsworth, that was inspired by his experience with black flies in Ontario in Canada. Now, in Maine, over the years, well, I guess really everywhere, but over the years, as environmental policies have changed, so has Maine's black fly season. So apparently, if we go back several decades, the black fly season in Maine was really just that, a short period of time for a few weeks, going from the end of May, about the beginning of June, where the black flies were a problem really just for those few weeks. Now, after some legislation and environmental water protections, the black fly season has changed and now goes throughout the summer. So now summer equals black fly season with some variability depending on where you are and proximity to fresh water sources. Now what happened is that when the water was gross, only about two species of black fly were found in Maine, and these two species of black fly just did better in more polluted water than other black flies around. Normally the black flies do prefer clean moving water, so um, most of the black fly species in Maine, they weren't doing well, the larvae was not surviving into adulthood, so really just these two species were active. And then it turns out that those two species were only around as adults for those few weeks out of the summer, so once they did their thing, then died off, the rest of the summer was going to be reasonably clear of black flies. But then, once the Clean Water Act in 1972 was passed, As water got cleaner, things began to change. Cleaner water supported more black fly species, since more black fly larvae were surviving into adulthood. So more clean water, greater larval survival, more adult black flies. Not really just in numbers, we're also talking in number of species. So these days, Maine has about 40 species of black fly recorded throughout the state. Fortunately, most of these are just nuisance bugs that like to fly or that like to fly at your face. But there are a few of them that do bite, but it's really only just about two, three, maybe four species, really not many. Also fortunately is that not all 40 of these species of black fly are out and about at the same time. Uh, so it's not like we just have two or three weeks at the end of May and the beginning of June with just a crap ton of black flies trying to get in your nose. Instead, they're staggered throughout the summer, being active at different times. So instead of having um, just a short period of time, we're going to be having a few species of black fly active 
kind of end of May, beginning of June, another few kind of throughout June, and then again another few throughout July. So this is how the black fly season has become extended throughout the entire summer. So now that is a bit of a bummer that the black flies can be out and about all summer, but it is also hard to be disappointed when they can be such a good indicator of having healthy water, and the fact that we have more black flies just means that our water systems are healthier, so it's hard to be mad at that. And to, we will talk about how to avoid black flies, just coinciding with our mosquito episode and our tick episode, and everybody likes to not have black flies in their eyeballs. Um, so I'll give you a few tips on those, and also just a couple reasons why we shouldn't just get rid of the black flies. So, there are some management things we can do to minimize black flies in the area, and there are some states in the United States that do have, <laughs> some states in the United States, the um, that have some management practices to help keep black fly numbers down throughout the state. But much like mosquitoes, it's going to be pretty questionable as to whether we should really just get rid of them. They are a good food source for birds and bats, um, and fish as well will eat the larvae and even the adults as they're emerging out of that stream. Fish really do like things um, that look like or really would like something in a nice little bubble packet that would be very munchable for them. So they, since they are an important food source, if we did just get rid of black flies, that would cause a lot of problems in other areas as well. And one thing to think about also is that black fly problems are rarely localized. So if you had a stream that you just wanted to treat, uh, really just treating that one river in your backyard isn't going to do anything and is also not really recommended by anyone since just throwing chemicals into your nearby river is going to do much more harm than good in terms of managing your black flies. There are some things we can do since black flies are annoying as heck, so how can you keep your face from being swarmed by black flies? Unfortunately, as I'm sure many of you know, or at least those of you that have encountered the black fly, they are very persistent little bugs, and a bug spray only works so well for so long. So avoiding them, just physically avoiding them as much as you can, is, naturally, the best way to avoid them. Uh, according to the University of New Hampshire, black flies don't like light colors, like orange, yellow, and blue, as much as they are attracted to the dark colors. So you can preferentially wear those colors instead of dark green, brown, or red, and that can help keep them away from you a little bit. Black fly activity is also very weather dependent. They're more likely to be out on humid, still, or cloudy days, and much less likely to be around when it's more windy outside. So if you can be outside when it's a little bit more breezy, they can't really form a swarm as well when they're constantly being blown away, so they're just going to be hunkered down somewhere. They do have peaks of activity that have been documented in the day as well, so if you can, avoid being outside from 9 to 11 in the morning, and then again from 4 to 7 p.m. when the black flies are going to be at their most persistent. Or you can do what I do to avoid them, much like ticks, and get a job on a boat and go a few miles offshore 
And then the black flies are magically not a problem. <laughs> um, but if you have bugs buried, avoided their peak times during the day, warlike colors, and they still won't just leave you alone, you can always get a nice bug net hat, kind of similar to the ones that beekeepers will wear, to help just physically keep them off of your face and out of your nose. Sometimes you just gotta do whatever it takes to keep those little buggers at bay. And with that, I will leave you to your bug spray to go have some outside adventures. We do have one more critter in our summertime parasite species, but I promise it's not going to be a little buggy sort of dude. It will be a little bit different, so hopefully it'll be a little bit less heebie-jeebies, but it's still gonna steal your blood. Enjoy the outside! Thank you for listening to today's episode, and be sure to come on back for the next episode in about two weeks. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, and you can find the podcast pretty much wherever you listen to your podcast, like Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, wherever. There are now a couple of options to help support the podcast and keep it going. You can share us with someone you know that could use more animal facts in their life and more tips on how to avoid black flies, which is definitely everybody. No one likes flies in their nose. And for about the same price as some plastic spring cat toys that even Coco likes, you can also become a patron on Patreon at, at patreon.com slash quirky creepy freaky pod. You can find the podcast on Instagram as well, so you can give that a follow so you can actually see when I actually remember to post something there. That's at Quirky Creepy Freaky Pod. And if you have a favorite quirky, creepy, or freaky animal fact, send it on in at quirky creepy freaky pod at gmail.com. Audio editing and recording was done by me, Olivia Strite. Intro music created by Kaylee Strite. Thank you for listening. <laughs>